Hi, I'm Emily with the Limitless Female Podcast. You are listening to episode 30, How to Stop Yelling at Your Kids. Woman, welcome. If you're a mama who is feeling all the feels of motherhood, the ups and downs of hormones, and maybe even depression, then you are in the right place. Limitless Female is your confident inner voice, helping you master your mood and create the epic life that calls you. My goal is to show you just how enough you are so you can show up limitless in your own life. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. Good morning. What an amazing week it is. I love this week called Holy Week, the week before Easter. It's such a special time. So many amazing events to reflect on. And I'm just always so grateful for things that slow us down and remind us of, give us thoughts that really create real joy, real peace. It's such a blessing. And I'm so grateful for quarantine, like just insanely grateful. And I told my husband the other day, I said, how can something be so hard and yet so amazing at the same time? But I think the answer is in the question. Like all very amazing things are difficult. I was telling my girlfriend on my run that I always wanted to like raise my kids in a very different atmosphere than I was raised. Not because I was raised in a scary or hard atmosphere. I loved my childhood actually. But I just wanted to give them something so unique. I wanted them to know other cultures. I wanted them to struggle. I wanted them to know what it meant not to have any money or to what it looked like in other people's lives who were working really hard just to meet their basic needs. And so I knew that I wouldn't be able to give that to my kids by myself. I knew that I wouldn't be able to, you know, get rid of the TV and live on, you know, very, very few things and very few money. I knew that would be really difficult for me. And I always felt like, come on, Heavenly Father, I'm going to need you. I'm going to need you to like send me to Africa on a mission with my kids or something like that. So I've always kind of been working toward this life I couldn't really curate. I couldn't really describe out loud, but I knew I would need a push. And I feel like quarantine is the push I needed. It it has been challenging and also very, very rewarding and very calming to look at my schedule and just to have few things on there. And to really have the actual time to put my family first. I always have the time to put my family first. But other things seem to trick me into believing they're more important or that they do support my goal of having a strong family. When maybe they don't support that idea as much as, you know, me actually being with my kids. That I get emails about the most is how do I stop yelling at my kids? When I get requests for mini sessions, which I do um, for clients, for new clients, I see that they're asking me, how do I stop yelling at my kids? How do I have more peace in my house? And so today I want to address that. So all of us know that it would be better if we could not yell at our, our kids. And we have like evidence to back that up. Our house is more peaceful. We have goals to yell us at our kids. So how come we can't do things that we want to do or that we know would be better? Or why does it feel like it's out of our control? On the other hand, 
why does it seem like sometimes we can respond so rationally to a child or a situation and then on other times it feels like we're set off and it's completely out of our control. I know that when I look back, I'm like, how come yesterday everything rolled off my back and today everything's seeming to get to me? Like what was different? What changed? Like how can I go back to that yesterday? Okay, like how come also, how can we know that we're children of God and we're doing our best and we know that our kids were given imperfect parents, right? On purpose, obviously, or else we would have a lot more tools. We would be a lot better equipped, right? How come we know all that and yet we feel so much guilt and shame over the places that we fall short, especially when it comes to the care of our kids? And so I want to talk about that today. I want to talk about why we feel like we can't control our behavior and why we feel like it's so difficult to change our behavior. And then I also want to talk about the guilt and shame that comes with the different things that we're struggling to change. So the answer to all of this, you guys, is your lower brain. It is your primitive brain, okay? Your lower brain's number one job is survival. So it's constantly looking out for problems and danger. Jody Moore says it looks for tigers and mean girls. I love that. <laughs> right? Your brain thinks it's dangerous. It thinks it knew tigers were dangerous, but now we don't have tigers. So it's looking out for danger all the time. That's why we worry a lot. Okay. And your brain on survival mode is also trying to be efficient. It's trying to save you energy. And so that's why we use our lower brain all the time because our lower brain is us on default. It takes very little energy to control. It's automatic. It's reflexive. Whenever you have a knee-jerk response, it's because your lower brain is kicking in. Now your lower brain memorizes behaviors and thought patterns. And because all of your emotions are created by your thinking, not by things outside of you, it memorizes those thoughts and emotions as well. Okay. So not just thought and behaviors, but it memorizes the emotions that coming from those thoughts. That's why we feel like our child makes us frustrated. Or when my child ignores me, it makes me hurt. Or when my child yells at my other child, it makes me frustrated. We jump right from the thing that's happening to the emotion because it's a memorized emotion, thought, behavior, pattern. And your brain memorizes those things to save you energy. So you can survive without very much focus, okay? Now, even if these are painful emotions, even if you experience a lot of frustration or overwhelm, your body has memorized those emotions. So it's not that it would make more sense like, hey, brain, you should memorize how to be calm or how to respond differently or how to um, turn this into a teaching moment. But your brain has memorized what you have done most often, what you are most practiced at. And if you've never interrupted 
and overridden that lower brain, then it just has the thought patterns that you've created in the past to go to. And if overwhelm is a feeling you experience a lot, then your brain's natural response is going to be to go to overwhelm. That's why you might feel like I'm overwhelmed most of the time, or I'm frustrated most of the time, or I'm disappointed in my life most of the time. And maybe you've looked at other people and you're like, how are they just like so happy all of the time? How are they just letting everything roll off their backs? And we are predisposed, like we have personality traits, but for the most part, they have practiced some kind of emotion and eventually their lower brain has, has memorized this thought, feeling, behavior pattern, and it's hanging on to that thought, feeling, behavior pattern. So it will go to that thought, feeling, behavior pattern when something similar happens. Like, oh yeah, the kids yell and fight in the back seat. We have a thought pattern for that, right? Nobody wants to keep the peace in our home except for me. Maybe that's the thought you have. And so that thought is so easily accessible because it's in your lower brain. So without any conscious effort, your brain offers up that thought. It creates an, a, feel, a feeling because remember, it's a memorized thought. So it's probably a feeling you feel often because this is a thought your brain can go to without any effort. So then you're feeling really defeated and frustrated. And then you behave by pleading with your kids, please, please, <laughs> please get along. This is me lately. So I'm just, you know, airing out all my laundry on my podcast. <laughs> so I want you guys to picture a large cornfield. I love this analogy because it really helps me explain to people where coaching comes into play when it comes to mental health. Okay, because on a lot of my ads and to everybody, I say, I'm going to help you beat depression for good. And I am. I can 100%. Okay, but I want to explain to you what I mean by that. Okay, so I'm going to give you guys an analogy and help you understand. I want you to picture a large cornfield. The cornfield is your brain. Okay, and across this cornfield, we have some pre-mowed down paths. These are the thoughts that your brain has memorized and has put into your lower brain, like stored them down on default mode. So you don't have to work hard to cross the cornfield if you use these pre-mowed down paths, okay? Now these paths are actually neuro pathways, okay? They're actual pathways that transmit a thought in your brain. And these thoughts are memorized thought patterns. Now, I want you guys to picture a lawnmower now, okay? And the lawnmower is when you have to engage your prefrontal cortex or your cerebral cortex. This is the higher part of your brain. This is the part of your brain that makes us so unique from every other creature on earth. It's the decision-making part of our brain. It's it's where we're intentional, where nothing just happens right away, but we're choosing, okay? And it's hard work. It, it takes focus. I always compare it to, you know, when you go to write a church talk, you need people to be quiet around you. 
You can't do it in front of the TV. Maybe some people can, but most people can't, right? <laughs> the, the things you can't do in front of the TV and you can't multitask, that's when you know you're using your higher brain. It takes focused energy and it's uncomfortable because your brain likes to use the least amount of energy, even if it's very uncomfortable, negative emotions, because those neural pathways are easier to access. Those are the ones that are mowed down. Your brain doesn't want to push through all of the all of the corn and get scratched in the face and have to wear long sleeve shirts and all that stuff. Even if you have a lawnmower, you're still going to have to kind of push through all that junk. You're going to have to get the lawnmower out. You're going to have to gas it up. You're going to have to pull the cord 20 times until it turns on. You're going to have to dump the bag at the end and, you know, sweep the path and get all the corn out of the way. It's a lot of work. Okay. This is what it's like to engage our higher brain. And I like to think of the lawnmower working properly as being you on medication that works. Because if you are diagnosed with depression or you think that you feel negative emotion a lot more than 50% of the time, it's because your brain has memorized these negative thoughts. But if you're trying to create new neural pathways with a lawnmower that has a broken engine or has a hole in the gas tank, it's going to be really difficult to create new neural pathways, even if you're focusing, even if you're trying so hard. And I didn't realize this, but I was on good medication, all that jazz, but still experiencing a lot of heartache and a lot of unnecessary suffering, like I talked about last week. And that's because I was trying to mow new neural pathways using willpower. Okay. Imagine there's no gas in the tank of the lawnmower and I'm just pushing it with sheer strength. The wheels aren't turning. I'm just pushing it. That is a lot of work. That's what it's like when we use willpower. Willpower is in limited supply. We get worn out. We get exhausted white knuckling it and trying to be kind, kind and patient and trying not to yell at our kids, it runs out and we can't, it's not sustainable. I can't go mowing down new pathways through the corn with just my strength alone. I'm not going to get very far. I'm going to get worn out pretty quick. Okay. I'm going to get discouraged. So this is why I tell my clients that beating depression takes more than willpower and medication, right? We don't just need the engine. And we can't just push with all of our strength. We need to have all of that, right? We need a working lawnmower. We need our strength to push it and our decisions to do that. But we also need someone to help us guide the lawnmower, right? Just to make a path from one side to the next is not enough to create the life we want by thinking the thoughts we want. We have to figure out what that path needs to look like. What kind of neural pathways do we need to create in order to have a life we want? Like that's what people are really asking me, right? When I'm helping them, they're asking me, okay, but how do I think a new thought? And that's the part I want to talk about a little bit with you guys today. Now, the first step to creating neural pathways that serve you is awareness. First, we have to get aware of what are the thoughts that aren't serving you. 
And most of us are completely unaware of this because our lower brain is engaged and it's such a knee-jerk reaction. People don't even think there's a thought. They don't know that there's a thought between what happened and how they feel. So for example, I tell my child to put their laundry away and they ignore me. And immediately I feel so frustrated. The emotion was caused by a thought, but it came so quickly that I attribute the frustration to my kids. So I feel like I hear myself constantly saying, you're making me crazy, especially during quarantine. And I, my brain thinks that they are making the crazy. Okay. I feel like Starfire from Teen Titans Go, (laughs) but they are making me the crazy because they happen and then I feel crazy so quick that it must be them. And this is why there's little to no awareness, especially without a coach. Even though I'm a coach, I have trouble figuring out what I'm thinking that's creating that and understanding that my kids didn't create that emotion within me. So it's memorized thoughts that are creating the emotions and our reality of what our life is like. Our lower brain is so efficient that it recalls a memorized thought and emotion in response to any common occurrence. So yelling is in response to things that are happening all the time and your brain has just gotten really well practiced at that, okay? Um, And it's not that we're so surprised, right? We know what's gonna happen. We know that they might ignore us, but it's just that we have this memorized thought, feeling, and behavior pattern. So this is the work that I'm doing with my clients most of the time. I have some exercises that I walk them through and some different questions, and we figure out what is that thought that happens after their kids ignore them? I'm going to give you guys an example because I feel like when my kids ignore me, the thought that's offered to me that I'm very well practiced at thinking is they don't respect me. Okay, that's the thought my brain offers because it's easy and comfortable. Even though it creates frustration for me, my brain is comfortable with frustration. My brain knows what frustration is. It offers me frustration all of the time. Okay, and so I have this mowed down pathway across the cornfield of my kid doesn't respect me. And it's really easy to access and I can get from point A to point B very quickly if I choose this thought pattern. Now, one of the things I love about coaching, love, 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 that's different than anything I've ever heard is that we are not trying to think a positive thought about a negative situation, okay? We're not sugarcoating life. We're not trying to, you know, just feel better about something that's really hard in our life. Another thing I get to do with my clients to keep them conscious and aware and using that higher brain is to help them question the circumstance, right? How do we know your child ignoring you is negative? It's only negative because you thought a negative thought about it. But what if it didn't mean that your child was ignoring you because they disrespected you? What if your child ignoring you meant something else? What if it meant they were really excited to get upstairs to their Legos? Or what if it meant that They were a very creative child whose head was in the clouds a lot, right? Like there's so many other things we could choose that are just as true, but your child ignoring you, which isn't really even a fact either, your child not responding back to you is neutral. 
It's not negative. It's not positive. It just is. When I can help my clients see that, they see the potential for choosing an optional thought so much better. We're not just covering over the negative stuff with the good stuff. We get to question the stuff we thought was negative. We get to see that it wasn't. All along, we were the creators of the frustration so we can change the frustration. This is why I tell my clients, I can help you kick your depression for good because these tools I offer will allow you to self-coach, to coach yourself, to look at your own brain every single minute of every single day if you want. Just like beating depression feels like a minute or an hourly or you know a weekly occurrence, having these tools gives you the ability to kick it minute, hourly, weekly. Okay? You get to choose because there's a very small part of us that is affected by the chemical imbalance. So much of it is what we think about our mood, what we think about our behavior, yelling at our kids, what we think about our kids' behavior. Now, I want to address that when you guys are yelling at your kids, we spend way too much time feeling guilty, okay? Guilt will not serve you when you yell at your kids. And from what I just taught you, the reason you yell at your kids is because you have a very well-functioning lower brain and it's doing its job really good, right? With little to no effort from you when you're tired or exhausted or you know don't want to focus and turn it into a teaching moment and use your higher brain, your lower brain is there. It's there to keep you efficient and therefore surviving. So it's like, hey, I know exactly what we need to think. It's this path over here that's been mowed down a hundred times and you can keep, you know, folding the laundry and I'll just offer you this thought that we're really good at. We're really good at being frustrated and yelling. And so it does that. So there's nothing wrong with you. So after awareness comes compassion. In order to engage your higher brain, you need to become aware of what you're thinking and then you need to do it from a place of compassion and curiosity rather than guilt and shame. There's nothing to feel guilty about when you yell at your kids. There's nothing wrong with you. You work perfectly. What we really want to do is we want to pull those thoughts, those things that you think are so negative, the reasons that you yell, those thoughts that you don't want to tell anybody, we got to bring those into the light, okay? Because shame grows in darkness. And so a lot of my clients, they don't want to put all that stuff down on paper. I tell them to do a thought download and dump all of their thoughts on paper, why they think they yell. But they don't want to see those thoughts written down in front of them. They're kind of ashamed. They're kind of ashamed that they think their child should be different than they are or they think their child is spoiled or whatever. Those thoughts, though, not being brought to light are still working in your head. They're still mowed down paths. Whether or not you take a look at them, they're there. So it's worth taking a look so that you can question them, right? If your brain is always offering you the thought, my child ignores me because they don't respect me, let's write it down on paper. Now let's question that thought. Is that true? Remember we said earlier, is that the only reason maybe they don't respond to you because they don't respect you? Are there other reasons? How about if they don't respect you? Why is that a problem? Do you respect you? Do you respect your child? That's all that matters. How you feel about you and how you feel about them. 
they can feel however they want about you and you love them anyways because you're the mom, right? Who better than you to love them even if they have their own feelings and opinions about you, right? I told my client the other day, I said, are you willing to be the villain in your child's story? She was like, uh, that sounds, no. She's like, I want him to love me. But who better than you to have a child that has negative emotions and feelings toward, right? They might have those feelings towards a friend and they might lose that friend or their friend might not always be there. But you, you're the mom. Who better than you to be the villain in their story? You're, you're not actually going to hurt them. You're going to protect them. So they can think that you're the bad guy all they want because you're not a real bad guy. So that's awesome. If you're the worst in their life, that's okay. Your job is to focus on what you think about you and what you think about them. Sorry, I got off track a little bit. So that second step is just compassion and openness and being willing to be aware. Now, I want to share with you guys the two main reasons that we yell at our kids. The first I kind of touched on earlier, but it's that our emotions always drive our actions. Nothing that we do is not preceded by a feeling, right? Of course, when you yell, it's preceded by a feeling of lack of control, frustration, overwhelm, right? And your brain, in an effort to feel better, it's like, oh, let's grab a quick thought and let's use that thought, okay? That thought feels really irritated and then your brain wants to feel better, right? Your brain wants to stop feeling frustrated and so it does the easiest action that comes from the emotion you're already feeling. You're already feeling frustrated, so it's gonna yell, okay? So that's the number one reason is that our brain has just learned this thought pattern that's creating an emotion and from that emotion, it's almost impossible not to yell, okay? The next reason is that we have evidence that it works. So let's say my little two kids, like I said, are fighting in the back seat and I'm trying to stay calm and I'm trying to talk myself down and um, trying to tell myself, you know, this is a teaching moment. Let's let them figure it out. Let's see what happens. And I'm, you know, trying to access my higher brain and stay focused, you know. And then I just snap and I'm like, start yelling at my kids like, you're in so much trouble. I used to yell, you're going to be in a world of hurt. (laughs) I didn't have anything good or solid because it wasn't coming from a place of teaching. I was just like, let's get him to stop. Then all the kids quiet down and they all look around, right? And my brain stores this as it worked. You yell, they stop fighting. Okay. Even though my brain knows and I have goals to have a close family and that yelling could probably cause some long-term effects that I don't want. My lower brain isn't thinking that. My lower brain is looking for immediate, instant gratification and reward. And so in this instant, I have immediately rewarded myself with silence, right? No more fighting. And so every time I do that, it's just teaching my lower brain that that works and that will be my go-to pathway. You should yell, they'll stop fighting. Okay, that'll be another thought that will be mowed down and that's why coaching is so important because we step back and we get to question that thought. 
is it really improving your family? Is it really improving your life? And the more I question that thought, the more my brain starts to interrupt those thoughts. My higher brain will kick in right before I yell and it will say, wait a second, this only works for a minute and then they're back at it and I'm frustrated too, right? I'm yelling at them to tell them to stop yelling. I'm mirroring my kids. So coaching helps us become so aware that we get to jump in in the middle. We start stopping that behavior halfway through. Without willpower, we're not pushing the lawnmower with all our strength. We have understanding. We don't believe the thoughts our brain offers us anymore that yelling will solve this particular situation. It just doesn't seem logical. And so we don't take it as truth, even when we're in a pinch and we're trying to use the least amount of energy, our higher brain kicks in and it's like, wait a second, we're not going to use that thought that you offered me. That doesn't make any sense. But if you yell at your kids, I want you to know that it doesn't mean you're weak. If you can't change a habit or you haven't been able to yet, it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you and that if you were more spiritual, you could do it better. And that if you loved your kids more, you would yell less. None of that is true, right? Your lower brain is just well-practiced at that thought, feeling, and then behavior that happens. And you haven't gained the awareness to stop midstream. And I really want to be able to help you do that. And that's what I'm really good at with my clients. I'm really good at figuring out what are they thinking And I'm really good at helping you see that it's an optional thought. I'm like a mind ninja, okay? I'm like a brain ninja. I'm like a psychic. I'm going to help you. (laughs) I'm going to show you what you're thinking. And then you get to decide what the best course of action is going to be in your family, okay? And whether or not you want to be on medication, that is up to you. I just want to make sure you know that I believe medication brings you to the cornfield with a working lawnmower. And then I am here to help you steer that lawnmower. So we're not just mowing down new paths that also create the same behavior of yelling at our kids. If we want to create new behaviors, we just have to create new thoughts. That's it. If the thought comes first, then the feeling, then the action, we don't need to focus on the action. All we need to do is create new thoughts because it will lead to new actions And then, of course, new results, a happier family, a happier, less guilty you, okay? A more productive mom, a more loving mom, a mom who has great, amazing relationships with her kids, no matter what her kids think about her. So I want you guys to know you are perfectly capable of making any behavior change and feeling however you want to feel. Now, I forgot to mention in the beginning, but I am doing free coaching group coaching every single Thursday at noon all month long and maybe throughout the whole COVID virus. I want to be here for you guys. And so it is, there's a link, it's a Zoom hangout. So you guys will come, all of your videos will be available so I can see all you if if you guys want and you can get coached, okay? So each person will get coached for about 15 minutes and we'll get five people done in a call and everybody else can listen in. If you don't want to be coached or you don't want to be on video or you don't want to have noise on because your kids are screaming in the background, it is the easiest way to get help. You just come, you turn off your video, you mute everything, 
and I can see your face and you can just, or I can't see your face, your video's off, but you can just listen in. <laughs> and I'm going to coach you and you're going to get to hear these tools be applied to people. It's very different than listening to the podcast. Getting coached is the difference between reading a book on snowboarding and going snowboarding. If you guys want to apply these tools, you got to come get coached. Okay, so I will put a link in the show notes below. Make sure you click it and then give me your email so I can send you the link to the Google or the Zoom Hangout, okay? It'll be next Thursday at noon central. Can't wait to see you guys there. Have a great week. If you have questions about anything you've learned here on the podcast or want help with something going on in your own life, hop on a free coaching call with me. In just 30 minutes, you'll have real tools for your unique situation. Go to limitlessfemalecoaching.com forward slash work with me, or you can find a link in the show notes below. Spots are limited, so grab one before you miss it.